Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Charlotte Flair, and Becky Lynch, Sting, and Ric Flair. These are people that you expect to share the ring together because often when you turn on wrestling, be it now, the present, or the past, you will see these individuals sharing a ring together. And that's why it's not fun to talk about. Like if this video was called 10 times Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch had a match, you'd be like, that's really boring. I know all about this, but what you may not know is when we turn our attention to the other side. That's why my name is Simon Miller. Welcome to What Culture Wrestling. And indeed, this is 10 more wrestlers that you're not gonna believe shared the ring with each other. Number 10, the great Carly and Chris Candido. Before the great Carly signed with WWE, he was a permanent fixture in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I know you're melting down going, how dare he do this? Well, I'm pretty sure they just offered him a contract. This was the same for Chris Candido though, which meant in January 2002, we actually had a match between these two very polar opposites. It also tied into this idea that if somebody is a good enough wrestler, they can have a good match with a broom, because that is what Mr. Candido did here. He bumped his ass off like he was Shawn Michaels mixed with Dolph Ziggler to try and make Carly look like an absolute killer, and he pulled that off and then some. And I really should stop calling him Great Carly. That was his WWE name. In NJPW, he was called Giant Singh. You can hunt this match down from the Fighting Spirit Show if you do go on that there internet, and you should definitely do it just for the visual alone. Also, it's actually really pretty good. Number nine, Tito Santana versus Brody Lee. I mean, how did these two even cross paths, right? But after Tito Santana had left the WWF in 1993 and started to work the indie scene, including popping into ECW and becoming the ECW World Champion, yeah, eventually, he clocked eyes with none other than Brody Lee. It all went down in February 2008. It was actually a little bit different when it came to Tito, because up to this point, most promoters have been going, well, I'm going to take one old legend and just put them against another old legend. But things were different here. We had a veteran versus a rookie. And Brody himself was really finding his feet here after a great first year in Shikara. And it did mean, because he was like the big brute bully asshole, that he was able to beat down on Santana as he played the, oh, I'm in peril, babyface. Santana got the win, being that he did have more years in the business. And I really tried to hunt this down, but I can't find it anywhere. So I had to rely on things that I read, but it still made me very happy. Number eight, Jerry Lawler and Kevin Owens. Before Kevin Owens was known as Kevin Owens, he was called Kevin Steen on the indie scene. And he really did enjoy giving people packaged pile drivers. And he signed for NXT in 2014, and we were on a very different path. Given how much he did use this move beforehand, though, a bright promoter looked at him and went, wait a minute, I know someone else that loves the pile driver. His name is Jerry the King Lawler, so why don't I do Jerry Lawler versus Kevin Steen? And that's exactly what he did. So it went down in August of 2014 as NWW put on their Under the Stars 3 event. And once more, I'm pretty sure the king turned up and went, yeah, you know what? I got years in this business, so I'm going to win. But still, it truly happened. Of course, if WWE ever did want to run this back, they'd have to tell a pretty different story now. 
because nobody is allowed to do a pile driver in the company unless you're an undead zombie. The seven Seth Rollins and Marty Jannetty. This is a dream match of sorts, given how both guys went about captivating their audiences. And it's just another scenario where I scratch my head like, well, how the hell did they even ever have a match? And sure, those who see the Rockers today always seem to react by going, well, they seem quite tame today by today's standards. But that's the whole point. You wouldn't have today's standards if it wasn't for the Rockers. And we all know what a massive shame it was that Marty Jannetty did suffer from all these personal problems because it did knock him off course. But that doesn't take away his wrestling talent and you'd probably be well within your rights to look at someone like Seth Rollins and go, well, I bet he was inspired by Marty Jannetty which is why it's awesome that they actually had a match. Happening in 2007 for the FSM promotion, when Seth Rollins was known as Tyler Black, and Marty Jannetty was still known as Marty Jannetty. You will lose your mind if you go and watch this on YouTube, because there is barely anybody in the crowd. I think I counted 32 people. This was just months before Rollins was about to go to Ring of Honor and take off massively. And of course, Jannetty got the win after a super kick because once again, he's the veteran. As they were still friends though, they also teamed up afterwards to do some rocker style moved after another wrestler had ran in. I actually thought that was quite satisfying and quite nice to watch. And I'm very pleased I now know this actually exists. Number six, Kurt Angle versus Terry Taylor. One of Kurt Angle's very first matches in WWE was with none other than Owen Hart. It's a massive shame what did happen in 1999, because can you imagine the kind of bangers those two would have had? But it was during a time when Angle just needed experience, which is why at some point, he also went toe-to-toe with Terry Taylor. This was kind of weird, because in May of that year, Taylor was more of a backstage guy and sometimes did commentary. But when it did come to try and rub those green guys up, Terry was often called upon. So the two had a dark match, which Kurt actually won, because of course WWE was excited about him and they didn't really care about Terry Taylor. And alas, no, you can't find this online because I don't think that anybody filmed it. Given how quickly Kurt Angle took to wrestling though, I would love to see his super duper early matches, because I bet even then you can look at them and just go, how the hell is this man doing it? He's only been wrestling for 37 seconds. Number five, Larry Zabisco and Corey Graves. Larry Zabisco is not only a Hall of Famer, but is one half of one of the best turns of all time when he turned on his friend Bruno Sammartino in 1980. This sparked an awesome feud, which even the likes of AEW were using at the moment to inspire their own storylines. And Larry Zabisco was 28 years old here, and then 34 years later, he was having a wrestling match with Corey Graves. For those that don't know too, that is why Graves was brought into WWE initially. He was gonna be a wrestler before he transitioned across to the commentary desk. But before even that happened, yes, he was taken on Larry Zabisco in IWC. But this did go down in July 2004. Graves was known as Sterling James Keenan. And even though he had successfully defended his World Heavyweight Championship a few months prior, Zabisco still got the W. Sadly, once again, no footage of this exists. But if you do want to go watch that world title defense I just talked about, you probably should. And if that doesn't interest you, I'll change your mind right now by saying that Corey Graves took on none other than CM Punk. Number four, Chris Canyon and Brock Lesnar. This is great because there was a time in 2001 where Chris Canyon stood across the ring from Brock Lesnar and actually beat him for the one, two, three. Hit the flatliner, that was it. 
Who better than Kenya? Lesnar was obviously super young at this stage and another greenhorn that needed as much experience as possible. And because Chris Canyon was kind of just floating through WWE after the invasion storyline had ended, the powers that be went, well, he's really good. He should go and work with the rookies. It's a massive endorsement of Chris's talents though, because it showed that he knew exactly what he was doing. And if he hadn't torn his ACL against another young up and comer known as Randy Orton, it is said that Brock and Chris Canyon were gonna have quite the feud just sadly on the dark show scene. This is another one that doesn't exist online, but if anyone from WWE is watching, please, please change this. I need to see Chris Canyon beating the beast. Number three, Mick Foley and Andre the Giant. Not only did Andre the Giant somehow share a ring with Yokozuna back in 1992, but a year prior to that, he was also in the squared circle with none other than Mick Foley. During a time where the Giant had headed over to the East to work tours for All Japan, he found himself locking eyes with a young rookie known as Mick Foley or Cactus Jack, who was just desperate to get as much ring time as possible. Cactus was teaming with the Texas Terminator to take on Andre and the Mighty Inu, and you can watch this one online, and you can see Foley just sell his ass off for Andre the Giant like he's been shot. Obviously, all of this was coming off the back of Andre's WWF run, with his last match being at WrestleMania 6 in 1990, and when he was done in Japan, he went down to Mexico in 1992, where, of course, to tie into what I said a second ago, he fought Yokozuna. Number two, Timothy Thatcher and David Arquette. I mean, there is two names you'd never expect to see in the same sentence. On the one hand, you've got a no-nonsense grappler who doesn't even care about gimmicks, and on the other, you have David Arquette, Hollywood superstar, who is hated by some wrestling fans so much for winning the WCW title, they're never gonna let it go. Even though it only takes one Google to figure out it was nothing to do with Mr. Arquette, and he understands why it all went bad. Happening back in an indie show in April 2019 though, this is an absolute morning. Like, I don't even think it goes three minutes. Timothy Thatcher just toys around with David Arquette for a bit, and then when he gets bored, just taps him out. So it was essentially a squash match, and you can see it on the Fight TV app, but don't do that, do this instead. Download the You Cannot Kill David Arquette documentary. Not only will you get glimpses of this, but it is so damn good. And if you are in that category of, oh, David Arquette, I hate you, you killed WCW, he will 100% change your mind. Number one, Jushin Thunder Liger in China. You may not notice this at first glance because during this run, China had dyed her hair blonde. But yes, when Joni Laura was done with the WWF, she headed over to New Japan where she tangled with the legend and recent WWE Hall of Famer known as Jushin Thunder Liger. Going down in 2002 and mostly happening in tag team matches, it meant China also faced off against Yuji Nagata and Masahito Kakihara, and this wasn't a one and done either. New Japan would go to city to city to city and city, with China being on one side of the ring and Jushin Thunder Liger being on the other side of the ring. So I guess they got quite accustomed with each other. It doesn't stop there either, because when China was out in the East, she also took on Tanahashi, she also took on Gado, she also took on Tenzon, and if you can believe it, went face to face with the Great Muta. This truly was a fascinating time in wrestling history, and all of this is on the interwebs. So if you call yourself a fan, just go and watch it. It really is quite the sight. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.